Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Rob Woodbridge and Asif Khan. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 262. It's December 7th, 2015. It is a Monday afternoon. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv, located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, under zero centimeters of snow. And my lawn has never been greener than on December 7th, 2015. With me, as usual? It is Asif Khan of the Location-Based Marketing Association in Toronto, also without any snow and a very green, green lawn. Um, Yeah, all is well. It's been uh, unseasonably warm. That's a good way of putting it. Yes. What I call it as well is... Well, this is global warming at its finest. Yeah. Especially up here. Did you know that, I mean, we used to be a hotbed of activity. Like I'm talking long before the tech industry, long before there were human beings, this place used to be a warm place. And maybe this is just the natural cycle that it's time to get coming back. Well, I had a friend of mine, Jay West, who actually runs all the digital stuff at uh, the National Arts Center here in Ottawa. And he was up at Mont Tremblant yesterday skiing. I'm like, what are the conditions, man? Come on, I need to know, I need to know. Because we went out and bought ski equipment for my kids this weekend, uh, new ski equipment. And um, he said, uh-uh, like four lifts, all man-made. It's basically uh, like like uh, skiing through... Uh, yeah, there's just nothing yet. Nothing. And he said, it, it won't... It, like, we're a month away at least from good skiing. And I was telling, like, last December 9th, so a year ago, December 9th, uh, this, this mid, mid this week, um, we were skiing last year. And now I'm mowing my lawn. December 7th. What can you do? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Except for rejoice. I'll tell you, the the folks in Buffalo are quite happy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This time last year, they were buried. Well, everybody was buried, but we're starting to see it come through. Like, actually, I don't mean this to be the weather episode, but they are calling for like feet of snow in California. Mm. Woohoo! Come on, you Californians got to move up to Ottawa. It's the hot spot. <laughs> and the city will shut down because they don't have any equipment oh, no. to handle anything. It's, oh, yeah. no, no, of course yeah. not. They just actually have to aim their diamond rings from the sun and reflect the sun and it'll melt the snow. Yeah, there you go. That's there what happens go. in California. In California. See, what, uh, what's shaking with the LBMA? A lot of Christmas parties I see. There are a few, yes. Uh, this week there are two uh, in Dallas and uh, Toronto uh, are both hosting events on the 9th uh, at various establishments in those towns. Uh, and then next week there's an event in Atlanta uh, as well. Um, and I believe the LA folks are, are throwing a, uh, a bit of a uh, after party after the uh, BIA Kelsey uh, Next conference that's going on in, in, in LA this week as well. So there's a lot going on. You can find out all about it at thelbma.com forward slash events. Uh, everything is listed there and you can participate. Sweet. Imbibe, whatever you want to do. Imbibe and participate. Yes. Well, I, uh, yeah, I think that that's, this is the time to do it, but just remember, do it responsibly. Yes. We Don't have, drink and drive. Do not. Yeah. Do not. And, and, uh, no career limiting moves during this Christmas yeah. party. When, when you're doing that, like, don't, don't get so intoxicated that you start throwing out, you know, all sorts of racial oh. slurs and comments, right? Just, just don't do it, especially on Twitter, right, Rob? Oh my God. See if you're <laughs> lining these stories up. Great. We do. Asif is just, uh, you know, basically that's the pre-roll to the very first story in our industry. Uh, We do have our top 10 stories. In fact, you know what? I think that this week we have a little bit more than 10 stories. I think Asif snuck in a bunch of stories and like under the guise of one story. Oh, here's three in that one story. So we have 30. You know, sometimes you got to pack them together. We have 37 stories this week. Sit down and uh, imbibe. Get a cup of coffee because you might need it to stay awake. Isn't isn't that how they say? Pack it up, pack it in. Where do we begin? Something like that. that. (laughs) I'm not sure they meant about a podcast. Um, However. Well, you know. We do. We have, uh, obviously, our industry news, and uh, we've got a great guest, uh, Mikhail Damiani from Blue Bite, that uh, Steve got to sit down and have a conversation with. And you guys should not be strangers with Mikhail, because he's been on Untether a couple of times, and we featured him a couple of times before. So he is here. Brand new content from him, from Blue Bite, and our member news. And, of course, uh, AK, we teased it last week, but we have a new sponsor for the show. We do. We do have a new sponsor. And, in fact, that sponsor is Samsung. My goodness, Samsung. And us. Together. I know. Have you seen those Bell commercials with the Samsung phones everywhere for Star Wars? Yeah. yeah. Those hit Ottawa? Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. I mean, it's just every commercial on television is now Star Wars. I know. But great. Samsungs are the best. They are. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah. So I'm, our, our industry <laughs> news is now sponsored by Samsung. I will have a little bit more to say about Samsung midway through this episode. And I will actually provide you some value, a resource that you should go and check it out. It's an infographic that I think that you guys will be uh, happy to have. And so you got to stick around. Uh, it'll come up right after the interview with Mikhail. Um, but before we get there, we're going to get through our industry news. And the first thing is to say this is the industry news brought to you by Samsung. It's, it rolls off our tongue. It does. It's so right. smooth. Yeah. Brought to you by Samsung. And I get to kick it off with what Asif was talking about, our very first story about racial tweets and Brazil. Now, they don't go hand in hand, but this is what's happening in Brazil. It is a, an interesting story simply because, you, you know, nobody likes racists. Let's, let's be honest with this. You know, racists are dicks. They're assholes. They're pricks. They're anything you want to call them, but they are not normal human beings, right? Uh, we we live in a society that that should not happen. And if uh, we are entering a, a world where our next generation are racists, then the parents, you guys, are the dicks and the assholes that have not done your job properly in making sure that, that we eradicate racism. But it does exist. And here we are in Brazil, where racism is illegal. Actually. Saying racist things and publicly expressing your thoughts on a on a public place like Twitter uh, is against the law. So, it, something sparked this to happen. It was an incident with a uh, reporter um, that posted a picture on Facebook, and then all of a sudden the racial slurs started coming out. And this was in response to that. It was actually a uh, virtual racism real consequence campaign, and it's backed by Criola. It's a civil rights organization run by Afro Brazilian women. Um, and what they do is they're collecting comments from Facebook and Twitter, and they're using geolocation. This is where it fits into it. Geolocation to identify the neighborhoods and the areas where those tweets and those Facebook posts are coming from. And then they are printing out huge billboards with those racial slurs, uh, whether it's on Facebook or Twitter, and posting it as a billboard. It is a crazy aggressive way to do this, but they are doing the things that people should be doing. They're drawing attention to this. They say, listen, it's abusive. It's ridiculous that in this world, I know I'm pretty naive when it comes to this, that you know, it's ridiculous in this world that we, we, uh, we have to go to this extreme. It's ridiculous that nobody thinks that this is uh, damaging um, because it's not damaging immediately. It just consistently doing this damages people beyond repair. So here we are in Brazil and this company, this uh, civil rights organization called Criola is posting racial hatred as billboards so that the person who says it sees it and those people who live around them know that they're racist assholes i really like this i really i i mean look you know i i don't i don't know what to say about this but kudos to criola um and uh maybe this is something that we should be uh, doing seeing more of it, it's always great when you can shame people into uh, better <laughs> behavior right is that what it is it's like yeah. How do you change people's behavior? You, you you materialize what they're doing. Like you cannot hide behind. It's like that campaign that uh, in um, in Hong Kong that we covered a while back. Around, it's, I think it was called the Face of Litter. Yes. Yeah. And uh, people had collected uh, garbage that people were like throwing around on the streets in certain neighborhoods, and uh, and then somebody basically took that stuff and collected DNA samples from these <laughs> things. And then recreated a uh, an image of the person that that was the litterer. I forgot and then all about that. Posted it on a, on, a, on a billboard. I mean, it's awesome, right? In in in, in place that it was found. I mean, like it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. I, I you know th those are the small campaigns that draw attention to bigger problems and yeah. and uh, you know just don't let don't let that kind of post actually get out there and do its work because it's just dirty work and and uh it's, it's, it's bad stuff yeah so criola i applaud I, I if i was wearing a hat i would tip my hat to you i'm impressed that you're doing this it takes courage to do that and uh and thank you for doing it excellent all right um okay our next story is, is one of those two-in-one stories and we just actually <laughs> decided to do this at the last minute because uh i was made aware of uh, of a, a new development uh, earlier today and i thought i'd, I'd, I'd fit in here so this is where we need the media so we talk a lot about beacons on this show obviously everybody in the retail world and everybody in, in this space of location marketing is talking about beacons but there's been two new developments this week that i wanted to draw your attention to first is a company called Bphonics. It's B F O N I C S. Um, and this group of guys um, 
uh, led by Uni Peroth, who's their founder and CEO, uh, have uh, basically been looking at the beacon space for some time, uh, both the hardware and the software side of it. And with, one of the things that they realized in the Asian markets in particular is that lots of people don't have their Bluetooth turned on. And so beacons, by definition, or the beacons that we're familiar with, require BLE uh, and you know, Bluetooth to communicate with the app on, on, the, on the phone. And so they thought this was a problem, and they decided that you know, we're, while people don't have Bluetooth turned on, they often have Wi-Fi turned on, and they're looking for free Wi-Fi and things like that. So these guys have developed uh, what they're, they're terming as the first Wi-Fi beacon uh, ever. Uh, it works on both BLE and Wi-Fi and broadcasts uh, you know, on both signals. Um, uh, so it, effectively, it's a, it, it's a beacon, like beacons that we, we've come to know, but it's broadcasting on, on both the Wi-Fi channel and, and the BLE channel. So uh, powerful stuff, could be quite interesting. They've got a patented uh, pending technology around this, and uh, we'll see where it goes. Uh, the other news in the industry, and this is the one that I was just brought to my attention uh, earlier today, is Fujitsu, uh, the big powerhouse uh, Japanese company, has made an announcement, and this is part of something called the Tron Forum, the T-R-O-N Forum, uh, which is a group that I guess developed some standards. Um, it's an international standardization uh, body around um, things like beacons and, and you know, kind of like an IEEE uh, type of uh, organization. And what they've announced is the world's first flexible batteryless beacon. Okay? Let me say that again. It's flexible and requires no battery. So the flexible piece is really interesting because beacons as we know them are a, a pretty hard plastic, you know, you know, device that you have to stick on a wall. They're, you know, they're they're not malleable at all. And now you what they're talking about is is something that's flexible that you could wrap around a pole or you could attach it to clothing or you could attach it to something that, you know, requires movement. Um, or you know something that you, you can bend around, and so that's pretty interesting. Uh, so it's, it's at the prototype uh, stage at this point; it's not uh, mass produced yet, uh, and it requires no battery. So what they're talking about is where a normal beacon requires a printed circuit board, this does not. Uh, it's using a soft silicone sheet. Uh, it's using uh, instead of copper, you know, you know, for all the stuff that goes into the circuits, it's using some sort of conductive paste that they've developed. Uh, to do this, so this is the latest, you know, generation in in you know the way we're used to dealing with circuits and circuit boards, you know, now flexible technology coming into beacons with no batteries. Um, so this this could be this could shake up the whole industry, um, and uh, you know we should pay attention to what's going on here. So take a look at the Tron Symposium. So they're they're launching this or demo demoing this December 9th through 11th in Tokyo at the Tron Show, the Tron Symposium Show in Tokyo's Midtown uh, this week, later this week. Um, so it's real, it exists, um, and uh, hopefully it'll be uh, available soon uh, in the industry. So Fujitsu with a flexible batteryless beacon and Bphonics with a uh, beacon that broadcasts in both Wi-Fi and, and Bluetooth. So there you go. Sweet beacon. Sweet beacon. Mm, eggs and beacon. <laughs> okay, Asif. Our third story involves the great digital divide. Physical. <laughs> Something like that. It's how we convert from physical or from digital to physical and physical to digital buys. We all know that the majority of us buy things in store. That is a given. Mm -hmm. The death of retail that was foretold by so many before us, well, they're wrong. In part. Most of us still buy stuff inside of stores. Now, the real question is always got to be, how do you convert from digital into physical and physical into digital? And a Vancouver-based company called Mobify thinks that they have found the answer in acquiring a company called Donde. That's the best way I can pronounce it. I don't know if you... If you I think that's right. It's uh, D-O-N-D-E. Um, it's got the accent. It's got the accent. It's very Canadian. That's yeah. not even Canadian, though. They're Chicago-based. No. So... Um, Mobify is, is a company that actually uh, connects, they're hoping that this acquisition with Donde actually connects the offline and online. Um, and it, it's, a weird, it's a weird mix, okay? So what we're talking about is a, a, um, Mobify is a platform that helps uh, send notifications to engage consumers online and while they're in the store. And this is all done over the web, um, uh, mobile web. And and Donde <laughs> is uh, if I get that right is the same thing um, 
that if it connects online and offline worlds by focusing on the location of the customer. So it, it's really about context. So whether you're in front of the store or in inside of the store or around the store, it's going to send you push notifications based on on that. It can also get down to granular level, which is we've seen some news items lately about the weather. Um, you know whether it it you know it's raining or sunny or or warm or cold, which is very warm here in Ottawa. So uh, that would help quite considerably, and it also incorporates uh, users um, and consumers' past behaviors and the things that they've scanned and those kinds of things all into this one platform. And hopefully, what it does is it creates triggers that uh, put the right product in front of the right person at the right time, which is the goal of this whole thing. I think that's still a goal. So they can uh, now reach their customers through mobile web, their apps, social media, and real-time web push. And so it's, it's you know, the function is there, and it's very clearly. But the thing is with Dawn Days, uh, customers are all, um, you know, quick-serve restaurants or, or fast-food restaurants like Pizza Hut and Applebee's. And Mobify is very much about retail, uh, retail locations, fashion retail. Um, so maybe they'll start to apply that. But I don't think that there's a natural leap now here we get into the editorial side of this. I don't think there's a natural leap from fast food restaurants into my taste in clothes. And you can't just say, send me something like as I'm walking by a Starbucks, hit me up with a Starbucks ad. You can't just hit me up as I'm walking by Banana Republic with a Banana Republic. Hey, buy this belt when I'm already wearing a belt. So there's got to be some some kinks worn out, you know, ironed out here. But, uh, you know, Mobify looking to uh, bridge the physical and digital divide by acquiring Chicago-based Donde. And I like the fact that it's a Canadian company buying an American company. In your face, America. There you In go. In your face. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not I'm not sold on it, but it's the results that speak, Asif. It's the results. So let's let's Time will tell. Be calm. Be calm about this. But Applebee's and Pizza Hut, be thy not retail and especially fashion. So, because I know, I know that when I'm walking by an Applebee's and it's like 11:48, I, I, I know exactly the message to send to you. 11:48 a.m. Right? Or if it's 5:15 and I'm walking past a, uh, you know, a restaurant, a pizza, I know exactly what message to send you. And it isn't, hey, you need a shirt and some undershirts and a pair of underwear. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. So you might like depending on how messy you're going to be when you eat. It's true. You know what? There, there's the tie-in right there. Is that <laughs> there's the idea? It's like, hey. We yeah. noticed you ordered wings. Need a yeah. shirt? There you go. Spaghetti you like meatballs? You need yeah. a shirt? Yeah. Anyway, so that's it. But it's, it's a Canadian company buying an American company. Yeah. Carry on. All right. Our fourth story, a company called Uber Media. That's oh. one word. Uh, and it's U-B-E-R Media. Um, is uh, coined uh, a new term in our industry, according to them. It's called location ROI or L-R-O-I. Uh, in other words, they're saying that uh, they have a way to measure and optimize mobile media against offline store visits. Um, so uh, I will say this. This is, we need more of this stuff in the industry. We need to make uh, location-based uh, mobile marketing and advertising more measurable. Uh, we talk about it all the time. It's one of the hot issues in our space at the moment. How do we measure the effectiveness of these things? So location ROI apparently is one way to do that, according to Uber Media. Uh, however, uh, it's not the only way. Obviously, there are um, things that we've talked about in the past, like place IQs, place visit rate, um, and many of our uh, our other members, uh, such as Place IQ, uh, uh, Think Near, Verve, Xad, Factual. I could go on and on and on uh, of companies that are you know trying to create. Uh, you know, uh, different kinds of standards or different kinds of metrics in this space uh, to to measure the effectiveness of these things. So we absolutely need more of these. So so great work by Uber Media to create one. Uh, I like you know I you know, I guess the name makes sense. L R O I. Leroy. I don't know how you pronounce it. Leroy. Uh, no, I don't know. Yeah. Roy. Um, but uh, yeah, so ch- take a look at it. Uh, go to check out Uber Media's uh, location ROI. Location ROI, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it, it's a little different because they take location history um, and social graph data and kind of blend those things together uh, from other from consumer apps like YouTube and other things. So they they do have a, a, some interesting inputs into the data set that they're using for the measuring the effectiveness compared to some of the other guys. So it, it, it might be worth taking a look. It's funny. We need a standard here. Like something's yeah. got to be adopted by standard. Not not a, that's that's what we all need to be measured against, right? So, yes. So, standards. Well, maybe it is, but I would I would I would rename it not Leroy to but Leroy, like Leroy, like location L O yeah. 
ROI, low like ROI. Slow rider, low rider. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, something, <laughs> something a little bit the, the kids will like. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Something that the kids will like. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to pronounce this uh, this next department store. I, I'm not tires. A tires. Why do they? Why do? Why not? Why did? Why did they put that extra R in there then? It's T Y R E R S. Tires. 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 Department store shows you how much I shop. Tires. Well, it's it's also in the UK, so you know. Well, you know, people who shop shop everywhere. That's true. Like, how many times have you seen me wear this shirt? Can you order from them online and have it shipped to Canada? I probably not. I'll take a look at that one. Okay, you do that. Tires. Yeah. Tires department store. They're testing this thing called the clothing retail, and this is done in conjunction with O2. This is actually, we, we've talked to, uh, about a couple of these examples around um, real life or, or digital social uh, popularity and how it translates into physical product sales. And here's another example. I think we did this with Pinterest, right? And uh, what was, it was, um, you know, a department, mm-hmm. a big department store today, uh, Pinterest specials. And it was the things that were trending on Pinterest that they would put on a table and say, here, you know, these are Pinterest, uh, Pinterest, Pinterest trending. Um, and here's another example of that. So what they've done is at the Tyrer's department store in St. Helens in the United Kingdom, they've, uh, they put this clothing rail and they grouped, uh, you know, four or five different types of, say, dresses. And they've hung them up on this rail. They've taken photos of them for social media. So they've taken photos for their Facebook page and their Instagram page. And based on the number of likes on both on both sides, is they fill this this round circle above that uh, item. And so the fuller the uh, the circle, the more popular that item is on on Facebook and Instagram. Therefore, you know it's trending better than the other than the other items. So uh, this is a great way to kind of. Uh, understand what's trending digitally and display that in your store so that people understand what what other people are liking or uh, or find interesting and what they want to buy. So this I, I'm all for this kind of stuff where you're trying to marry the digital side and what's trending online and bringing that into your store so that you can understand what what other people are talking about in general. Um, it's pretty limited. I think there was five items that they that they tried in the store in St. Helens. But I think that this is really a just a, a kind of a, a beta test for what's to come. And we, we've said that a couple of times around these stories. Mm-hmm. We're still waiting for that real thing that says, hey, this item is trending and it's in real time and you can buy it at that store. And here, here are the things that are trending. Not just, you know, oh, yeah, we have that white T-shirt and uh, it's trending online. It's much more around, um, you know, people finding what they like. And finding it online and then finding it in a store. So this is this is I'm okay with this. This is the, I am, I am Tyrus department store. The one thing I like about this. So this this is a um, like an old uh, family owned department yeah, store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 127 years old. Yeah. It, I think it's only the one location. I could be wrong. It's just the one location, and it's in, in, in St. St. Helens. Yeah. Uh, you can't buy online. I just tried um, to <laughs> to do something. Um, that's not possible. But what I like about this story is 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 who brought them this technology, which yeah. is O2's business division, yeah. right? Uh, is moving into the store and and equipping people beyond just you know normal carrier services and hey we'll 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 do your phone lines and your and your Wi-Fi and your you know whatever that we do as the phone company. No, no, but we're going to bring you digital you know um, shopping services. We're going to bring you all these other things. So I like that. The mobile uh, carriers are moving into this space and working with retailers in this way. So great work by O2 here. I this is this is very good. And, and in fact, I'll, I'll read something from uh, Ben Dowd, who's the business director at O2. He said that uh, we're passionate at, o, at O2. We're passionate about helping businesses embrace the benefits of the latest technology. We're committed to playing our part, which is why our pilot in St. Helens is so important. And they did this with a couple of other stores. It wasn't just this. They did a bunch of yeah. other things with a bunch of other stores. And this is, we're just talking about uh, Tyrus right now, but uh, we want to help more small businesses grow and thrive in an increasingly digital Britain. And our work with Tyrus demonstrates exactly the kinds of benefit our customers can have. So, yeah, kudos to those guys. Small store, 127 year old retailer. Yeah. Still in business, I might say. Still in business. Yes, not too many of those around. No, 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 no. 127 years old. Like even the, you know, Hudson's Bay, HP, you know, that was up here. It's no longer a Canadian company. (sighs) Those are the top five stories from the industry news brought to you by Samsung, our sponsor. I will have a few words about Samsung right after we cue this, this the guest, Mikhail Damiani from Blue Bite Up. I see if you got to sit down and uh, have a conversation with him. I like this guy a lot. I did. He's a super sharp guy. Yep. Uh, you know, always uh, 
you know, always has something new and something interesting to say. So it's, it's always a pleasure when, when I get a chance to sit down with Mikhail. We had him at Retail Loco as well. Um, I understand they're coming back to, uh, to Austin for South by, and uh, we'll be participating in, in that. So we're excited about that. But, uh, you know, the man speaks for himself. So here he is, uh, Mikhail Damiani, uh, the founder and CEO of Blue Bite. Well, it's that time of the show where we get to bring on a special guest, and this week I'm really excited because uh, I get to have uh, on the show Mikel Damiani, uh, who's the co-founder and CEO of Blue Bite, uh, a company that uh, we have uh, been working with at the LBMA for some time. So, Mikel, welcome to the show. Thanks, Asif. Good to yeah. be on. Yeah. So, uh, it's always good to, uh, to, to, to chat with you, and uh, I'm sure a lot of our audience uh, knows who Blue Bite is, because uh, uh, we talk about it enough on the show, but uh, <laughs> I thought it'd be great to hear directly from you about, uh, you know, just for, for the three people who don't know yet, who, who, who's Blue Bite, and uh, what are you doing? Uh, sounds good. So, for those three people, um, basically Blue Bite, we've been around for, uh, for the past eight and a half, nine years, uh, and really focusing on adding digital and mobile experiences to physical objects in the uh, in the real world and I know you hear that a lot you know physical digital fidgetal I mean there's a lot of you know different names circling around but you know since the beginning really we've been doing that um, and focusing traditionally on the outdoor media space uh, traditional out of home digital out of home um, and you know whether you're walking past the digital screen in an airport a static sign in a mall or even a bus shelter it doesn't matter it's really for us how do we deliver some kind of experience to user on their device uh, that's relevant to that location, relevant to them as an audience, and relevant to the context of what's happening in, in that location. Fantastic. And so uh, traditionally, you've been working in the out-of-home space and trying to mobilize, digitize uh, that world um, mm. and make it more interactive. And I know you have, you've worked with some of the big players in that space, the Lamars of the world, Clear Channels, uh, etc., Yep. Um, but there seems to be a movement to kind of take this down into, into the retail environment, uh, you know, in a, in a much more sort of embedded way. Can you talk mm -hmm. a little bit about that? Yeah, I think uh, we saw, you know, an opportunity uh, and for the past two years or so, we've been focusing a lot of our efforts uh, in that space. And so, you know, if you take a look at it, it's a really good progression in terms of a journey. So you have out of home, which is, you know, the broadest um, in our perspective, and then you can take that you can drive somebody into retail into a certain location and then from there down you could even drive them into a specific product right and that to us is kind of really the most granular level of, of interactivity with one specific object so we've been doing uh, a lot of pilots over the past year they're going to turn into kind of full-scale deployments next year one of the ones that we're super excited about uh, that launches uh, next week actually can they say the brand, but it's a huge uh, sneaker company that everybody would be familiar with. And so that's the first uh, um, full production apparel that features NFC embedded into it. Um, and it's embedded into the shoe um, and it has exclusive content. It has interactive content. It's kind of alive. It lives on with the experience. So if you think about it from a brand's perspective, it's the ability to create a conversation with a user after the item has been purchased, right? So traditionally retailers, brands, they've had pretty good visibility depending on you know which brand you're talking about as far as an item being produced, going through production, going to distribution, from distribution to retail, you know, point of sale, and then they go dark, right? So here now imagine they have that whole thing, but then afterwards, as soon as the person buys the item, they see, okay, where was the item purchased? How has the person interacted with it? Have they traveled around the world? Have other people interacted with that person's item? And so from a data standpoint, it's amazing because yeah. they now have visibility into what people are doing with the items they've purchased. And then two, they can have that conversation. So they can say, hey, we know you have this item, but maybe you'd be interested in this item. Oh, hey, we know you have this item. Here's some care instructions for it. And then take that a step further and look at the context of where that person is using that item. So let's say it's a pair of ski pants and the person has a pair of ski pants enabled with NFC and you're by a ski mountain. Obviously, you know, it's very easy to track that with GPS and, and even cellular data. You can say, hey, do you want the trail map for the, you know, for that mountain that you're at? And by interacting with your ski pants or your ski jacket, you'll get that. So really, you know, that conversation can be as, you know, as wide as, as you want it to be. But, you know, for us, I, I think it represents an amazing opportunity of, uh, you know, of interactivity that never existed before. Uh, it's amazing. And I think this, this idea of, you know, everything talking to everything else and providing data, and, you know, this sort of connected uh, you know, I, I won't go quite say I IoT uh, in this in this space, but um, 
yeah. you, you know, the idea that we can we can track, you know, items and, and item level, uh, you know, uh, movements and, you know, whether it's beacons or, you know, gyroscopes built into these things or whatever it is. I think it's pretty exciting about the amount of data that is, is becoming available to these brands uh, to yeah. understand, you know, who's using their stuff, you know, the context of how it's being used and, and, and all those things are pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to hearing about uh, that when it gets announced. Um, now, uh, speaking of announcements, you, there was an announcement you just uh, made yesterday about a new partnership with uh, one of our homegrown Toronto uh, companies here called Rouge Media. Can yep. you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so, you know, as you mentioned before, we have partnerships with some of the larger traditional outdoor companies. Uh, I think one of the things we've also focused on over the years is, is creating partnerships with companies that have really kind of deep-rooted and great relationships and, and uh, network presence in specific types of environments. Uh, in the case of Rouge Media, it's you know, within college campuses, restaurants, bars, and uh, beauty salons. And so they really focus on very specific audience. They have a big reach, especially in Canada, with uh, you know, the vast majority of, of, of that market in those specific areas. Um, because for us, at the end of the day, it's about reaching a certain audience, right? So when we're talking to a national client or even a regional or a, or a local client, Client, they want a specific audience, whether it's a college student, you know, a female between the ages of this and this that's interested in X, Y, Z, and how do we target that audience through our network of touch points of, like you said, whether it's you know our beacons, our NFC and QRM tags, um, how do we target that user? We target them through the location at, at which at which they may be at that point in time, and so for us, Rouge represents a, an opportunity really to extend um, that audience and to extend the number of people we have within our audience pool. And then vice versa on their end to also create a better experience for um, you know for those patrons of whether it's right. college students or you know people sitting and waiting uh, for their nails to dry for you know twenty minutes in a in a nail salon. And this is through the sort of um, you know combining their, their sort of their out of home experience in, mm -hmm. in this environment with your uh, M tag and and Esca kind of beacon uh, technology, exactly. right? Exactly. Okay. Now, with Esca, what, what makes that so special as, as, you know, when you contrast that to other beacons in the market today? Um, I'd say there are a couple of things. So one, um, from the hardware standpoint itself, it's unique in that it's dual mode. So not that it can be enabled for one or the other, but it's actually simultaneously broadcasting both iBeacon and Eddystone protocol. You know, we're certified on both. If you go to the, you know, Google developer site, we're on there as a, as a certified partner. So from a hardware standpoint, Point, it's unique in that unique in that one device does what two devices would traditionally do today. Um, the form factor itself, you know, you've seen it; it's pretty, it's cool looking. So, I, you know, I, I think that's part of the stuff that we do. We always want it to look pretty, right? Even though we're a technology company yeah. at heart, a lot of what we do is design. Very Apple-esque. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's I think a lot of the guys and uh, you know in the company really emulate and, and want to strive towards that type of stuff. So, uh, the hardware is great. And, in, in that respect. And then on the second side is really the software and the power of the platform that we've built that's building upon, you know, eight, nine years of experience that also has um, content management for the MTAG with the NFC and the QR. Uh, it has SMS as part of the geofencing. And so when we bring in beacons as part of that, it's not a really a, a standalone solution. It's part of a much bigger platform. And so we can leverage that data. Um, you know, a prime example would be somebody walks into a retail location to, let's say, you know, the athletic section and we have a beacon in there, we can look at the dwell time of that user in that specific location and then retarget them through traditional mobile display an hour later or whenever we want, knowing that, hey, this is somebody who's probably interested in athletic gear or wherever they may be dwelling. So kind of leveraging beacons, but also in the ecosystem of our entire platform, I think makes a, you know, makes a really unique uh, value proposition where beacons today are still pretty early days, right? And so if you want to extract the full value of beacons, on, the, on their own, I think it's pretty hard. If you want to extract the value of beacons as part of a much broader picture where you can leverage NFC, QR, beacons, and geofencing and all of that together in one kind of combined platform, yeah. to us, that's really the, the power and the, what makes you know, our platform different than anything else that's out there. Fantastic. There's, there seems to be so much packed into it and, uh, and, and it looks good too. So uh, that's pretty awesome. Uh, last word, um, you know, looking into the crystal ball, uh, you know, what's, what's coming down the pipe for you or in your industry uh, that you're excited about? And, you know, and maybe, maybe I'll, uh, you know, I'll add a little bit of a thought process around that. It seems to me like, you know, you've done some great work with, with the hardware uh, it seems like there's a lot of interesting data that's uh, being generated um, that can provide some in interesting insights to some of these brands and to into these, these these marketers that uh, that you're working with. 
is it potentially the ability to take all that data and and provide it in audience segmentation or 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 do something in terms of packaging that data up um yes and no i mean it's it's not something we've thought of as a uh, um you know as a pure play or even a kind of a, a business model for us yeah. really data to date has only been used for the you know uh uh, for the, the value that has been used to retarget an audience or to make better assumptions about an audience or a person that's being seen for the first time and to deliver that most relevant content. So I'd say, honestly, from our standpoint as, as a business, we haven't looked at that and said, hey, we can make a business out of it. Right. Um, it's really just helped us win more business and create better experiences for consumers. So that, that's our stance on data. And that may change, who knows, but to date, really, data has been used to create value for the brand and for the, for the consumer. Um, I'd say looking into the future and kind of, you know, going back to the point I was making before about the embedded shoes and, you know, you said, I don't want to use IoT as a, you know, as a word. And it's funny because, you know, that word, that's kind of, I guess, the buzzword for 2015, right? Everything's IoT, Internet yeah. of Things. And I think there was a study on, I forgot what the publication was, but they were saying it's like 60% of people are still confused on the meaning of IoT. They still don't know what it actually means. And um, I think a lot of things that people have been talking about is actually, I would call it IOD, Internet of Devices, right? Mm. So it's sensor to sensor, phone to screen, screen to screen, desktop to lap, you know, desktop to mobile. Um, and that's all cool, but that's, I, in my perspective, Internet of Devices. I think the stuff that we're doing with embedding it into a shoe, uh, you know, a pair of jeans, uh, a ski pant, that's Internet of Things to its kind of core and, and true yeah. reality where these are things and, you know, that shoe has to date has had no digital footprint, no, no pun intended, um, you know, and, and now we're adding that layer on top of it and we can have those things communicate to each other through some kind of central hub, which may be a phone, it could be an RFID right. reader in a, in a store. And so to me, really, the opportunity is there to really take advantage of Internet of Things, um, literally. Um, and if you look at the number of touch points, you look at the number of devices that exist, right, it's seems like a lot of people talk about billions of devices. Think about things, right? How many devices do you own in your home, right? Maybe it's five or six devices that can be connected, maybe 10. And now think about all the things that you actually own, every single article of clothing that you have, mm -hmm. all the other things, then you're in the hundreds, right? So to me, the internet of things as an opportunity for us is just vastly greater than the internet of devices. And there haven't been so many people playing in the kind of internet of things space as there have been in the internet of devices space. So. That, okay. that, that to me is kind of the, you know, the, the holy grail of, I think, something we can really you know, take full advantage of and, and pioneer. Fantastic. Looking forward to, uh, to watching as you guys continue to evolve in that space. So again, for our audience, we've been chatting with uh, Mikhail, the uh, co-founder and CEO of Blue Bite. Why don't you just back out? Let, let's see that shark bite you know, before. Uh, there it is. There it is, the blue bite. <laughs> so make sure you get your blue bite on, people, and uh, go check out uh, what uh, what these guys are doing. It's pretty exciting. Thanks for your time. Uh, really appreciate it. Thanks, Asif. So there he is. Thank you, Mikhail. We really appreciate you doing that. Uh, always a pleasure. Thanks so much, and uh, we look forward to uh, seeing you soon. Mikhail. Mikhail. I like him. I like him a lot. Smart guy. Smart guy. And like, one of the best-dressed guys on the panels up there. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah. And he's fit. Like this guy is a he's this guy is, a, he's is a giant yeah. guy. Yeah, he's a big guy. Yeah, yeah. I went and saw uh, the movie Creed last night. With oh, my, was it great? With my dad, um, and uh, yeah, it was good. I mean, like I, I, you know, I grew up watching all those Rocky movies and yeah, who didn't and, and whatnot. So, so it was really neat to kind of see this next generation. But you know, I pictured like Mikel when I see him as one of the guys that should be like you know like Boxing. you know if they do another U.S. Russia thing or something, <laughs> you know, like he's built like one of these guys. Like, I must break you. So there you go. <laughs> you know, it, it's a, uh, yeah. Like, you know, some of the greatest lines in, in movie history and life history have been spout, spouted by uh, Sylvester Stallone in Rocky. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place. And I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done.
Now, if you know what you're worth, now go out and get what you're worth. But you gotta be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you wanna be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that. So great. Yeah, anyway. he's, yeah. yeah. But I, anyway, I was good movie. To... I'm looking forward to the uh, to the next one. There's gonna be another one? Creed 2? Don't yeah, tell me. Don't tell me. Of course there is. Don't tell me. I can't wait. I tried to convince my wife to go this week and she's like, no. <clears throat> that's like a solo I'll be there on like a Tuesday afternoon by myself <laughs> there you <laughs> go um, alright all right, so before we get into our um, member news Asif which I think there are 13 member news stories no just 6 right just um, I want to tell you a little well, bit about it's really 5 and then like uh, something we talked about with Mikel I'm just going to re-highlight in case people didn't listen to the interview who doesn't listen to the interview you know, I don't know just every once in a while you know <laughs> Well, then what are they doing listening to this episode? That's the best part of the whole show is the interview, right? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Silence. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, before we get into the member news, I would like to take a moment here to welcome Samsung on to this podcast as a sponsor. We love the fact that they're doing this. Uh, and uh, the reason that we, we love the fact that they're doing this is is they have these this great resource called insights.samsung.com. It's, it is their blog, and it, it covers a ton of of industries, a ton of, uh, of different uh, concepts, industries, concepts, um, technologies, it, and it's done in, in a kind of an agnostic way. So they're not talking about Samsung product, they're talking about industries. So they've got some great writers, some great content up there. And at the end of my little blurb here, I'm going to actually highlight one of the things that I think you guys out there should read or, 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 or take a look at anyways. Uh, so, but I want to tell you a little bit about Samsung. Um, they're focused on helping businesses succeed and move forward through collaborative ingenuity. So they are really about making sure that you guys, the companies out there who are using their technologies and services can succeed. It is so noisy out there and it's so confusing and there's new technologies and uh, new ways of doing business out there. And uh, it just, it gets noisy. It gets noisy, noisy, noisy. And that's where, uh, you know, you have to saddle up with a good partner. And I think that that's one of the things that's so very important. You know, you wanna be with somebody who understands what's going on in the industry and who together will drive business success. And that's exactly what Samsung means by collaborative ingenuity. So they are here to help. We highly recommend you go to insights.samsung.com. And here's a perfect example of what they're doing is that there is a uh, this great um, infographic, which is called the How Outdoor Displays Are Transforming Quick Service Restaurants. And we know that outdoor displays are transforming quick service restaurants. We've talked a lot about outdoor display, digital outer home. And uh, here is, you know, uh, this is a great uh, infographic if you're trying to understand it or if you're trying to convince somebody that this is of importance. I get a lot of people, I know, see if you must as well, where people say like, okay, this is all great, but how do I can, I did a presentation at the University of Ottawa this past week and they said, it's great, I love it. So how do I convince somebody that this is important? Right. And these are the resources that you have to bring to them to be able to convince them. So uh, they talk about how it's uh, driving uh, drive-through business, it's increasing drive-through business, it's how uh, you know using digital menu boards uh, increases order size, basket size. Uh, it also increases increases simplicity to uh, to change prices and. Uh, change your menu. So anyways, this is a great thing. I will link it up into the show notes, but I implore you just go to insights.samsung.com and thank you guys for coming on and sponsoring uh, this week in location-based marketing. Thank you. Big love to, to Samsung. All right, back into the show, Mr. Khan, our member news. I think it's probably time to hit it. All right. Uh, our first story, our good friends and members, uh, Aruba Networks, uh, have been busy in the last couple of weeks. They've launched something called Mobile Engagement 2.0. Uh, this is all about powering the Internet of Things uh, world that we're hearing so much about. And uh, th this is uh, in partnership with the some, something called the Meridian Cloud Service. Uh, so Meridian is obviously a company that they acquired uh, a little while ago. And so what they have here is, is two products, uh, the Edgeline IoT Systems 10 and 20. These are uh, edge network systems that uh, enable customers to aggregate, analyze data in real time uh, and do it in a secure um, way. And so basically you're talking about new sensor technology that can sit right at the edge of the network. Uh, and uh, and um, Aruba has basically it's all cloud managed. It's uh, there's a beacon management piece built into this. There's Wi-Fi built into this. They partnered with Intel to equip this, and uh, the uh, the Meridian uh, piece also includes this thing called the IoT Aruba sensor 
uh, which is, um, you know, basically j just another, uh, you know, kind of Wi-Fi or beacon sensor. But again, with this whole cloud management system powering it and, and enabling it and all of it sitting at the edge, which is really, you know, the key to, to kind of their approach to this. So great stuff going on at Aruba and Meridian. Um, and we, we had the pleasure of uh, having them at Retail Loco as well and uh, got, learned a lot uh, from what they had to say. So there you go. Aruba, Meridian. Big at IoT. Now, our <laughs> second story. Our second story, Rob. You get to give this to me, don't you? So, normally, I do all the member news, but Domino's, you know, who's one of our members, has been busy. Oh, and Rob, you know, historically, if you've been watching this show, he tends to, we, I tend to give him all the pizza stories. Every uh, single one. Much. So, here you go. <laughs> so, you found this story. It wasn't even me. Well, because, you know, I, somehow they land on my desktop where it's all about pizza that it, that's intriguing me. I... I this is this is from Domino's. We all know and we've all heard about many times over the Amazon Dash buttons about yes. making it easy to buy the brands and products. And well, why not get into this right now with Domino's? And uh, yeah. that's Domino's has done this. So they've made e pizza e ordering even easier. What they call dangerously easy. And this is only in the UK. And uh, you know, as if we need to shave off more time uh, for ordering pizza, but this is exactly what it does. And you can picture exactly what it is. It is a Pizza ordering button, a la Amazon Dash. Okay, so it literally comes in a uh, a small pizza box, and you open it up, and it's and it's in a in, it's in, this button is embedded in this little triangular shaped pizza shaped piece of foam, and you push it, and it orders a but a pizza. It orders a pizza. That's it. Like you have to set yeah. it all up on the Amazon website, and you have to connect it to your Wi-Fi and all that kind of stuff. But every time you want a pizza from this point forward. The same pizza, all you have to do is push a button from Domino's. <laughs> no, no time for editorial, but uh, I suppose if you're eating pizza all the time, this is the perfect thing. <laughs> oh, pizza. Simple. Pizza! Yeah. So now you can you can order pizza through a tweet, with like an emoji and only tweet. only in the UK. And it's only in the UK, but you can, you can order a tweet. You can tweet order your pizza with an emoji. You can do it from your car, your car's dash. Uh, you can do it from an app. You can do it from a phone. And now... For those really lazy people, all you have to do is basically lift a finger and order pizza from Domino's. What will they think there of you next? Go. All right. Uh, on that note, we'll move over to uh, Big Brother, uh, tracking all of our movements around the world. Uh, our good friends at Placemeter have launched a new sensor technology. And uh, you might know Placemeter. Uh, these are the, the New York-based uh, guys who have been accessing the public video cameras on the streets and uh, using that data to provide analytics to retailers and others to help them understand traffic flow patterns in the world around their stores. So this is not inside the store, this is outside the store uh, and helping them just understand, you know, you know, at, uh, you know, this time of day on a Sunday, here's how many people are, are you know, trafficking by your store. Um, and they've been using cameras to do that. Well, they've launched their own sensor technology now. Um, and this is, a again, a Wi-Fi uh, or edge-based network technology, um, similar to what Aruba's talking about. Um, and um, using their, their placementer API, you can buy these sensors for $90 a piece, and you can place them outside your buildings. Um, and, uh, you know, when you contrast that to cameras or things like that, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot cheaper to do this. And basically, you know, you've got your own closed network of being able to track what's going on outside your store. Um, so, yeah, I like it. Uh, I think it's interesting. They're available right now on a free 90-day trial basis for anybody who wants them. So take a look at that at placemeter.com. All right, our fourth story, back to Canada, uh, where SoundPays, this is a mobile wallet uh, that uses sound to uh, uh, secure the transaction, uh, has launched here in Canada, and they've uh, decided to do their launch in partnership with several Canadian charities. So the, the name of the game is how do we drive downloads of our app, how do we drive you know, installs, and, and uh, they wanted to... Uh, to do this as quickly as possible. So they figure in the holiday season, why don't we tie this to a bunch of charities? And so uh, people uh, who can use SoundPays, to, you can download the app and you can use it to make a $5 donation. Uh, every donation that's made, a $5 donation that's made, uh, um, SoundPays will uh, add an additional dollar uh, to that. 
and uh, they're hoping to raise $100,000 over this uh, holiday season. Uh, they're working in partnership with shop.ca uh, also for discounts and uh, have launched an advent calendar for the holidays where a new uh, deal will be uh, released every day on shop.ca. And uh, so basically, it's just using sound, microphone and speaker required, internet connection, um, Android and iOS available. And uh, some of the charities include Canadian Diabetes Association, Canadian Feed the Children, Doctors Without Borders, Make-A-Wish uh, Canada, Oxfam, Plan Canada, and United Way. So some of the biggest uh, charities in this country are on board. Uh, so if you're here in Canada, take a look at SoundPays. And um, yeah. Maybe, you know, I, you know what I should do is I reach out to these guys, see if they want to come to the LVMA uh, party on uh, Wednesday night, and uh, we, can, we can solicit some donations. What do you think? I love it. I love it. There you go. Do it. I like it. Um, so Ian uh, or uh, um, any of the folks over there who might be listening, uh, give me a ring. Okay. Talk soon. All right. Final story. Uh, Krispy Kreme. Now, we've, uh, we've been working with Krispy Kreme for... A number of years, but uh, uh, haven't talked about them a lot on the show. And uh, they've uh, been working with NCR uh, and their whole mobile um, enablement uh, team to create a new uh, mobile Krispy Kreme rewards mobile app. And uh, this is uh, tying location and loyalty together. Uh, and again, another hot topic that we uh, we're going to be addressing in 2016 is loyalty. Uh, and how and how those things fit together, but basically, uh, you can um, find uh, fa uh, other Krispy Kreme fans. You can mark your favorite location. You can receive notifications uh, when the hot now button is on at the at the local Krispy Kreme. So if you know anything about Krispy Kreme, they've got this big hot now neon sign outside, and when they when they're baking the fresh donuts. They light it up so you can go in and make sure you get a hot Krispy Kreme donut. Um, so when that's when that light gets turned on, and if you have your favorite location and you have the mobile app, basically it's going to send you a notification letting you know that there's hot donuts available right now. You might want to make a stop. So there's all that going on. Every visit earns rewards. Um, and, uh, yeah, so they're rolling this out across all their locations in the U.S. And uh, I don't know. If you're a Krispy Kreme fan, I think you should go for this. Because I think it makes a lot of sense. Krispy Kreme is one of those things where I have to. I will. I will admit, I I really like the taste of that original Krispy Kreme donut. But you can't eat more. Like for me, anyways, like half a donut is is like the right amount. The right amount. <laughs> that's like why, that's why we have Timbits up here. Yeah, right? it, it it is so good though. Like it is just like especially really hot and fresh like that. Oh, there's nothing better than you know a Krispy Kreme original donut. But half is about all I can take. I don't know how people can sit there and like eat a dozen. Like it's you know it's yeah. it takes commitment. It takes commitment. You know the the problem with Krispy Krispy Kreme is that um, there isn't one in my city. Well, we 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 used to have I don't know like probably a half dozen here in yeah. Toronto, and uh, most of them have shut down. Um, you know I guess it's just tough to compete with Tim Hortons up here. Um, yes. You know in, in the donut world, but. Uh, you know, they're still they're still around. You can still buy the donuts in uh, in, in uh, various retail locations, and I think they they still have the one uh, big location out in, in Mississauga. But uh, uh, anyhow, Krispy Kreme, very very big around the world though. Like you go to Asia, you go to the Middle East, they're everywhere. Um, so anyhow, if you're in the U.S. now, you can uh, you can download this new mobile rewards app. All right, our final story, uh, which is not really a story on its own. It was mentioned by Mikhail in our interview. But I just wanted to highlight it for the three people who didn't watch the interview, um, and that is that uh, Back to Canada, they've signed a partnership with a, uh, a media company here in Canada called Rouge Media, um, and these are guys who have a out-of-home network in um, uh, beauty salons, uh, university campuses, bars, and such across, across this country. So thousands of locations across this country, and so now... Um, Using Blue Bytes Esca beacons and their MTAG technology, which is their NFC QR technology, those will be embedded into some of these properties in, in bars, restaurants, and such um, across this country. So there you go. Uh, good work by Blue Byte and Rouge Media. Done. Done. 17,000 stories. Yes. That was not bad. You know, our, our good friends in, in, uh, in Australia, I think, will be happy back, back with the length of this show for his run. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully he's worked his way up in order to be able to run this distance. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I know go. that I, I can't. I can't. Yeah. I can't listen to our show. I can't run the entire length of our show. That's why I like it at 20 minutes because that's pretty much the extent of my running ability. 
that was it. Those were a whole bunch of uh, industry news brought to you by Samsung, our brand new sponsors, and of course our member news, and our great guest, Mikhail Damiani of Blue Byte. Uh, see, if there's only one last thing to uh, to say, I suppose, and that is, um, I, I freaking hope on December 4th, you all went out and purchased the Ties That Bind, the box set of one Bruce Frederick Joseph Springsteen, it is unbelievable. So it's the uh, the 35th anniversary of The River being released. And it's an entire box set about the river and about everything that has to do with the river and all the outtakes from the river. But the bigger news, my friend, the bigger news, that on December 4th, that's this past Friday, he announced a mini tour called The River Tour. And he is coming to Toronto, Ontario, Canada, February 2nd. Tickets go on sale this Friday, December 11th. I hope that some of you out there have been swayed by my incessant 262 episode campaign here on This Week in Location-Based Marketing to convert you into at least the most casual of Bruce Springsteen listeners that you will take this opportunity to grab your wife, grab your kids, grab your parents, grab your uncles and your aunts and your best friends and do them the favor of bringing them to a show to see Bruce Springsteen in concert because it is something that you will never regret seeing. And I include you in that, Mr. Khan. So there you go. So, go. so as Gary Johnson is out on his workout run, listening yes. to this extended show, Gary, if you're listening to this, go see Bruce Springsteen. You still got to go buy this album now, and, <laughs> and you're gonna have to like, you know, I don't know. You might even have to park one episode so you can listen to this. I, I, I don't know. I, no? There are six other days, six other runs during the, the during the week that you can yeah, use. Yeah, exactly. So, so please, 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 please. Yes, Gary. I said park. I didn't say, you know, throw oh, it Oh, yes, yes. Park. Put it off to the next day. So that's it. Bruce Springsteen, The Ties of Bind. Great stories. Great new sponsor in Samsung. Great guest in Mikhail Damiani. Man, 262 was a good episode. A great episode, if I do say so and myself. Thank you to Samsung. Thank you to Samsung. Thank you. Thank you, Samsung. All right. AK, we'll be back for 263 next week with some amazing stories, of course. Some great resources. Maybe an interview or two. We'll see. And just to let you know that... Um, Mid the the period between Christmas and New Year's, I think our episode we film on the 27th or 28th. It is our prediction show. So if you have some predictions that you would like to be a part of that, hey, send us an email, Rob at Untether.tv or Asif at thelbma.com, and we will include that. If you, it's a it'll be amazing. So if you want to be in our prediction show, uh, you can also tell us what you think is the greatest story of 2015 as well. Not that we've covered, but just in general, maybe we've missed it. But you can do that. Rob at Untether.tv or Asif at TheLBMA.com. That is everything. Mr. Khan, enjoy the week. Enjoy the party. I will see you next week for 263. Have a good one. Later, everybody. The ties that buy. That was a political voice in the sense that it was dealing with the Carter recession and its effects on uh, just working people. Got a job working construction. For the Johnstown Company Lately there ain't been much work On account of the economy All those things that seem so important They vanish right into the year Act like I don't remember Mary acts like she don't care Sends me down